If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the friars. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Become Fire podcast. Uh, Father Anthony here with Father Peter Teresa. Hello, hello, everybody. And, uh, Good to be back. With us for the summer, Brother Paul. Glad to be here. Uh, We're glad to have you, brother. And we are glad to have you. We just Very ask excited. for the Lord's blessing to be upon us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I send forth your Holy Spirit to be with us, uh, to bless us abundantly, bless this podcast, bless all of our listeners. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so Father Peter Teresa, when a passionate first comes in the door, you know, it's a very interesting time for them. Bright-eyed and Bright-eyed, yeah. kind of excited about religious <laughs> life. They're uh, a lot of, probably nervous, kind of figuring out their life. What is the first thing you have them read? The first thing we have uh, the guys read when they come in, it's kind of, a, kind of a two-part thing. So the first thing is I have them read a little excerpt from this book called The Mountain of Silence. It's about a, a sociologist goes to a, an island in Greece where there's all these Orthodox monks and he just kind of lives there and experiences that and reports on uh, all the, the cool and wonderful things that the Lord is doing on this island. And he relates a story of, 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 a, of, a, of an elder monk talking to one of the younger monks and the younger monk is looking for spiritual advice what he should read, and the elder monk goes to the shelf and pulls off uh, David Copperfield by Charles Dickens and hands it to him. And the younger monk is somewhat scandalized by this, and he's, why would you have me read this? This isn't even spiritual. This isn't even orthodox. You know, what is this? Why would you have me read it? And the elder monk tells him that uh, unless you learn to become like little Davy in this book, um, all of that spiritual knowledge uh, will make you a monster. Uh, and so then after they read that little excerpt, I hand them each a copy of David Copperfield by Charles Dickens. And that is uh, the first thing that you read when you come and join uh, the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. And, and so uh, we have Brother Paul here with us, and he had that experience. Um, this was the first book he read when he joined us at Pashant. You want to hear about that. What was that experience like reading that excerpt? And then the first book you read coming into religious life is David Copperfield. I guess the overall experience, I was pretty green with uh, kind of everything uh, about religious life. And uh, so I was very open. So and I've also, I'm kind of an avid reader already. So I was like, okay, this is cool. Like, I'll read. But I never read any of the classic novels. Um, but I would say there's something about the humanity that you uh, capture, particularly in the, the character of Davy, that's definitely relatable, particularly like with the novitiate. There is a sense of like, there's a childness, like a childlikeness in the novitiate that you kind of go back back to where it's very much like you're under the, the the house and your parents are saying you're gonna go to bed at this time and here's when family dinner is and, <laughs> and you're gonna be here at this time yeah. and 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 so uh but there's a sense of like getting in touch with all of that and stuff too that, that I think the 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 book particularly David Copyfield really helps you with. Good and the reason I bring this up we start like this because we want to talk about novels today. We're talking we want to talk about, about the beauty of the novel, novel. And, and what novels, why, why, why we should read novels and encouragement yeah. for people to read novels. And then eventually we'll get to specifics. Yeah. But just in general, I just want to start with the, kind of this question of, of what novels do. Like, why is it important for us, for our listeners, especially maybe those who want to grow in their spiritual life, mm -hmm. to read novels at all, Father Peter Teresa? Well, I think that art in general and the novel being just a particularly... Um, 
particular kind of art. The, the novel lending itself um, is, is the art form that lends itself to to real character development. Um, I mean, maybe you get that like in a TV show now, um, but but not in the way that that a novel does it. And and so there's something about the novel and, and presenting it uh, in in a subtle way in in a beautiful way that I think communicates truth to us, communicates reality to us um, and in ways that we might not always be perceiving on like an intellectual level. So it's forming us, it's teaching us. Um, and and I think those are those are uh, I think those are really, really good and important things so that uh, that's why we want to, to read good and beautiful uh, literature and novels because, because art has a way of communicating truth to us in a way that that perhaps a sermon doesn't, um, that perhaps uh, just a spiritual book doesn't, um, and that that the novel does it in in its own way, in its unique way. That and we can maybe talk about the the form of the novel that how it lends itself to that. But but that's those are some of the reasons I, I would think of. No, I would definitely agree with everything you're saying, and I also think there's a sense too where we can also have these kind of abstract concepts as well. Um, where we have like an ideal of love, um, of sacrificial love, of courage, of virtue. Um, and the novel has a way of articulating the abstraction, like the ideal that we hold to and making it concrete. And it actually makes it as something that like it makes it seem more obtainable in a sense where like, oh, like this heroic virtue that I see in this character, this resiliency, um, it, it, it resonates with something in me. And it also resonates with the idea that I have. And through that, it becomes a medium then. That, that kind of makes it actual. Like there's a sense in which the novel makes um, our ideas real. And Brother Paul, you said something interesting. You said, I'd never read great novels before. Yeah. Earlier. So I guess, what do you mean by that? Uh, so uh, that, would, that would indicate to us that not all, all novels are the same, that there's, there's a difference between yeah. great novels and, and other novels. And so what you know, you're implying is that some novels do this and some novels don't. So what do you mean by great novels and what, what should we be looking for in the novel? Well, there's this, uh, I guess this reminds me of uh, the Russian authors that they talked about, you can have philosophical principles, but if it can't be actualized, then it's kind of nonsensical. And so there's a sense of where that's actually one of the heights of, of Russia. This is coming from an article from First Things, the greatest Christian novel. Mm. Um, and I'm kind of paraphrasing, so I'm not butchering it. So if this is wrong, just go back to the article. Um, there's a sense of where if you can capture it in the novel, it's seen as one of the highest forms of intellectual inquiry. Because you're taking the abstraction, you're showing that this is a real experience that someone can have. And so there's something that corresponds on a deeper level to like, whether it's suffering, whether it's like these kind of these, these universal kind of experiences that we all have. And so that's what you're looking for, like in a great novel. Whereas I would say in, in other mediums of, of novel work, you know, kind of the science fiction fantasy, that type of thing, where, uh, where it's kind of a... It lacks the the experience of the human person, and it's not that they even sci like science fiction fantasy can be a fine medium that still encapsulates these universals, like C.S. Lewis's uh, space trilogy or the Narnia uh, Chronicles or even uh, uh, the Lord of the Rings. But there's something about it where it becomes there's almost I mean it's hard to say almost like a distortion sometimes of the concepts. We read a lot of it, a lot of it's just based on power. Like essentially, if the main person can accumulate the right thing and get enough power, then he can get the, he can do this thing to be able to achieve the victory. And so, uh, so it lacks the depth that really communicates to the soul that the classics do, that they'll make you more human. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the humanities. And and if I, if I could just maybe take the, the conversation just like a step back where like, where where we have popular art and then we have like high art. We have popular culture, we have pop culture, and then there there's higher culture. So we have it with music. I mean, we have the, you know, you turn on the radio and you listen to, going to embarrass myself. I don't even know who like is on the radio these days anymore. Um, you know, um, or so you, you have it with music, you have popular music, and then you have, you know, the, the, the higher forms of music that, you know, we would use for like a symphony or for the liturgy and things like that. Um, so I think you also have that with books and with literature as well, um, where, where there are popular books, um, where you have the, the, the John Grishams of the world and, um, the, the Michael Crichtons and, and whoever else. And, and, and those are, those are great to read. They're, they're really entertaining. They're, um, but but then you have I think like the the higher forms of the novel what we have in, uh, of Western civilization and, and and that these ask really deep and profound human questions and and present us with um, just just what does it mean to really live in this world um, as a person and, and and to navigate suffering to navigate family uh, to navigate the limitations of uh, of of our of our own lives and and or, or what does it mean to to have faith and to believe in all these different things and so um, I think that 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 is also one of the the why you would want to read um, higher novels great novels because it it asks really deep questions and you know the, the 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 life unexamined is not worth living and so it helps us to to reflect and to examine and, and to think deeply about our lives and what it, what it means to be human. And it makes us human by, by asking these questions and thinking through these things and great novels present that to us. Which, you know, to tangent off that is why I think, you know, not just reading the novel, but discussing the novel is so yeah. important, you know, and we'll get into the, the specifics of good novels to read, but that's so beautiful. You talked about that, that we, we got to self-reflect. We have to look at this to read a good article. Brother Paul talking about an article he read about uh, the brothers Karamazov. Uh, that, and we need to, to other people who've read the book, we want to discuss it with them. That These great novels, why? Well, because it helps us to reflect upon them. It helps us to think about them. That A lot of the pop novels, there's not much to talk about. You know, maybe who your you know favorite character is, or you know, some plot twist, but it doesn't go very deep because they're not asking deep questions. Versus some of the uh, the great novels, they ask really deep questions, which causes great reflection. When they cause great reflection, that should be brought into discussion, um, and even oftentimes into prayer. Mm-hmm. That often yeah, we can hopefully sure. a great novel leads you to prayer. Yeah. That actually leads you to ask these great questions and and, and reflect upon them and bring them to God about your own character, your own self, your own response to suffering. When you see this character and how he responds to suffering in this book, then you have to reflect and say, how do I respond to suffering? And then you have to take that to prayer and say, God, am I responding to suffering correctly? And so great novels actually should lead you to prayer and lead you closer to God. Mm-hmm. Well, it's even the great novels too. A lot of them are a response to deep questions. Mm-hmm. Where, particularly when the, a lot of the, like the, the Russian greats that are coming out along even, uh, I know about them like the atheistic questions, the, the question of freedom, the question of the, the church and, and the state that um, they're taking all of these ideas and they're, they're really playing with that and saying, well, what is this? Well, how do we how do we look at that? How do we engage these? Like, what, what are the uh, what are the ideas contained within this different ideology? Like, what are the real ramifications from it? You know, kind of taking it from just the abstracted sense, but like concretely, how does that actually impact my day to day life? I think. 
Well, I think one of the, like, to your point where a, a great novel will take a, a deep question and then just play out the ramifications. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, we don't listen to people when they just tell us something. Like, <laughs> don't yeah. do that. That would be bad. And we're like, well, I don't know. Maybe I'll try it. We'll see. And then we do the thing. We're like, oh, yeah, like, I shouldn't have done that. That They were right. Uh, where we really do just learn through experience and that the novel is a window into, um, you enter into someone's experience, living through these things and, and you can you can live that with them. The novel pulls you into the world, pulls you into the universe where you are experiencing the the pain of these characters making these decisions and and living through their their bad ideologies, their bad philosophies, and 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 so it's it's it teaches you in a way that's not just um, imparting information, but but there is something experiential about it where you get to live it totally. with them. I, there's also there's a sense of where you can there you can see aspects of yourself and like the characters yeah. of a great novel. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think about Davy. Like there were times reading David Copperfield, and it's like I, I, I've I've had this exact same experience. Like I am Davy. Like at these certain points and stuff. Like, um, and then I think that's what the great the great authors do. They 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 just capture experience in such a way that it's easily replicable. And then once you once you start connecting with that too, it's easier than to enter into the d- different types of experiences that you yourself haven't had. Um. So yeah, yeah. So let's get into some great novels. Okay. And uh, we'll see how long this takes. This sure. might be something we have to do over, over a couple of episodes. Um, what I'd like to do is just bring up maybe one novel. Have a okay. guy talk, bring up this particular novel. I'm going to ask Brother Paul just start with Brothers Karamazov, if you don't mind, because you brought that one up. Um, and just talk about a little reflection. Um, what impacted you about that book? Um, why this is considered a great novel? And we'll just do a little discussion. Maybe do that for a few novels. Yeah. I guess we should just say a spoiler alert if you've never read Brothers Karamazov. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And that's that's a great it, qualifier. Um, that you know, we encourage you to to keep listening to the podcast. And I think that's also one of the great things about a novel is that um, the plot can quote unquote be ruined. Um, you might know what's going to happen, but you can still enter in and gain so much from it. That I would say a great novel is like a great movie. Or like a great dinner, I mean, great anything yeah. that you know. Uh, yeah, I've I've had the steak at this place before, but I'm gonna go have it again. No, it was man, that good. Right. I've seen that movie yeah. before. I know how it ends, yeah. but I want to watch it again. And with a great novel, it's one of those things. I know what happens. I know what's how it how it all plays out. Yeah. But I'm I want to read this again because why? It has more to offer than just the twist ending. It has more yes, to offer exactly. than just what's gonna happen yeah. next. You read a pop novel, oftentimes like whatever the Hunger Games. You mm-hmm. know, it was real big when I was teaching high school. And all these kids are all into it. And you read it, you read it one time, it's like, well, that's enough. Like, this doesn't have anything really to offer me. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a little reflection on the culture of the day. Um, but there's nothing I need to read again because it doesn't say much. Versus a great novel, like, I, I, you can know exactly what happens. And you still, the experience ex- itself is so beautiful. You want to have it, it, that offers so much more than just, I know what happens or doesn't happen. Yeah. No, for sure. So, so spoiler alert for that we probably will be talking for about. this and many other novels. Yeah, so for just whatever just novels know that come this up. tangent <laughs> and in many different branches. But hopefully that you know this would make then the novel ex- more accessible to you yeah. and encourage you to to pick it up and read it. So, brother Paul, sorry. Well, I guess before we dive into the to the brothers K, I want to go back. Uh, just kind of like even the history of it too. That that the the Aeneid is kind of like the one that really builds Western civilization. That like I highly recommend you read it. Uh, it helps with. They say you read that, that's a lot. That's what it interprets the culture of the Roman people, that Virgil mm. really encapsulated that. Um, and then moving into the kind of even the great uh, 
you know, Dante's uh, Inferno, Purgatory, that those are also really great books to read. Um, particularly, uh, particularly too, is that the novel also has a way of capturing a people. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it to be this type, like these people? And so we would say for us as Catholics, too, that, that the Aeneid informs a Roman culture that, that the Catholic Church most certainly takes and elevates it to its perfection uh, through, the, the, through, through Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ's cross and resurrection. Amen, yeah. um, but then also that the, the, and then also Dante's Inferno is seen in light of that too, of another great epic uh, that also encapsulates. Would we prefer to go historical? I just say that because one of the books I'm going to talk about is the Odyssey. As far as yeah, like, let's the do, book. Yeah, I we would prefer say... historical. Okay. Sorry. Uh, it's, it's, hey, we're making great. a shift. We're making a shift. Well, I, I want to uh, build. Uh, we're starting like. <laughs> sure. Yeah, what, sure. What I just, it, like, I just said it because here. you brought it up already. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. But, for sure. Uh, okay, let's, because one of my favorite novels, if it's arguably, it goes back and forth, it's definitely top three, is The Odyssey. Um, I find it to be, it's one of the books that I go back, I've gone back to many times. Mm-hmm. It, um, why do I love the book so much? Well, I'll just go to one scene and, and then kind of expand from there. Uh, so The Odyssey is this journey. You know, we've got Odysseus, he's been in the Trojan War, um, he's trying to journey back home. And the whole book is about going back home, getting back to his home. That he's and all this stuff happens some through his own stupidity, his own bad decisions, some through his own crew's bad decisions, um, some through just uh, quote unquote the gods. Um, but he gets back. You know, it's just this journey home. The whole book is about getting home. And, and the one scene that I find so impactful is actually the start of the book, because mm-hmm. the book doesn't start. It's not a chronological book. It starts and he's on the island of Calypso. Um, and, and she's this, this goddess oh, and, and it's, it's the perfect place, quote unquote, that this is beautiful woman who's a goddess. Um, and he, he has whatever he wants. There's servants, there's food, there's, he's, he's immortal. So he's not going to die. Um, well, she promises him that she promises, she promises him, I'll make you like a God, make you like a God. Like it's everything that the world can offer. He sits and he's in this place and every morning he goes to the beach faces his home and Penelope, his wife, and he weeps knowing that's where home is. Like, I want to go back to Greece. I want to go back home. And he just, just sits there and weeps every morning. Um, and, and the, the gods have pity on him and tell Clips him that she's got to let him go, that he feels like this prisoner, that, that despite all the pleasure he's got, besides this, all the things that she's offered, he's going to become like a god. He's, you know, sleeping with this goddess and eating all these foods and doing all these things. And, and yet, it's not home. Mm-hmm. It's not where his heart longs to be. It's not actually satisfying that all these external things are not satisfying uh, what he really longs for. And I think Homer is so beautifully talking about the human experience. Yeah. It's so needed for a culture yeah. today that, that we can be offered all of these things, whatever these things are, external pleasures, well, he, external power, external, et cetera. And, and they don't actually satisfy our hearts. Mm-hmm. And there's something about the, that what we're called to, um, that, that our own home, our own family, that the domestic church is the place where we're actually our hearts are going to be satisfied. Yeah. Well, this is your point that Tadaki right? Where the he's he's offered the the highest ideal that the Greeks would have had would have been to be immortal. So you even see that when when later on when Odysseus meets Achilles in the underworld, um, which is coming from what was before the Odyssey? It was the uh, the Iliad, the, the Iliad. Iliad, the Iliad, right? Where uh, yeah. Achilles mm-hmm. said that you can go and you'll win war, uh, you can go and uh, wage war against the Trojans, um, and you will die, but you'll win great honor. And glory, and you will you will live forever in the hearts of men, um. And so this sense of immortality, which all the Greeks would have wanted, um. So it's this profession. And Odysseus, like he surrenders that. Where he's like, well, this isn't actually what I want. And then to your point, he brings that home, where where Odysseus goes to the underworld and he meets Achilles, 
And Achilles says, it wasn't worth it. Like, I regret the decision I made. Now I'm here with the loss. And like, I may be proclaimed, but it wasn't actually living. It's a really powerful scene that you you draw and you point to. And um, just the the human experience of of wanting to go home um you know we've all been homesick um as kids you you want to go home you're, you're you're whether you're spending the night at friends or you just miss mom and dad or, or whatever it is and 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 how we want to go home there's something so deep in who we are about having a home wanting a home going a home the the safety and the security of that and how how there's something inhuman about not having a home, even here on earth, that, that if you don't have a home, that, that there's something dehumanizing about that. And, and, to, and to draw that out, that, that every worldly pleasure can still not satisfy this, this longing for home. And just how, just even now, it would not take us very long to just conjure up um, just the homes we grew up in and, and what our bedroom was like. Um, and, and what the yard was like that we played in and, and, and how we knew that place in and out um, and, and, and how we knew all the streets that, that we ran in as kids and, and how that, that is just such a, a deep and beautiful thing and how then that experience then even then leads us to what you were saying is then our true home then, um, that even this home is passing and then our true home is, is found in Christ, uh, found in the church, found in the Eucharist and, and found in heaven. And so there's just this beautiful just sort of window into the human soul of of home we need a home we long for a home we weep when we're not home and i want to point to one more character um i could go on and on about this book but i want to point to penelope for just a brief minute because i think she displays womanhood Mm. and because of what she never she 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 desires her husband like just as just as odysseus is longing for home Penelope's desiring for her husband to come home. Mm-hmm. There's all these suitors. So he's the king. Everybody wants to be the suitor of Penelope. And then if they marry Penelope, they become the king. Like she's the sought after woman. Everybody's like, he's dead. He's gone. He didn't come back from Troy. It's been years. What you, you like, you got to give up. And so they, they basically force her to like, she has to, to, to weave this tapestry. And as soon as she finishes the tapestry, then she has to pick. Um, she's like, I'm going to do this for morning of my husband and finish it. And so all day she sits and weaves the tapestry and all night, she stays up all night and unweaves the tapestry. <laughs> like she just goes back and unweaves it. Why? Well, because she doesn't want to do this. Like she, her, her, her heart is towards her husband. Her heart is, is, is and she just had this, this deep hope and faith that he's going to return. And, and, and all these suitors who are offering so many things, they're younger men, you know, they're strong, they're beautiful, but, but she's just, her heart is towards her husband. Hearts, and it's just this, I think this beautiful femininity, this receptivity that, that, that the Odysseus is, 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 is leading, is going towards home. And Penelope is creating the home he wants to go back to. She's creating this home for him to go into. And again, I just think it speaks to our culture and what is needed. You know, that, that, that men go out, they work, um, that they, 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 they provide. And that the women's create a home. The women create homes. Yeah. They create homes with the children and a place to come back to, a place that, that a man longs to be. He longs to be with his wife. He longs to be in the home. And I just think it's so important of a message that we need for today. Um, okay, we're going to have to, let's just, I'm going to call it. Sure. Um, we're going to do a two-parter. Let's do it. Um, and we're going to get into some more novels. You're just going to write in novels for the next one. We've kind of given a little pre-taste, hopefully a foretaste yeah, right. through these novels of what uh, everybody, hopefully you can come our next one. No, I, if you haven't read that Odyssey, 
I'm sorry, that's the, you need to have read it by now. Uh, but we'll get into some other ones, maybe some spoilers, uh, but some good spoilers to encourage you to read some great novels. Um, our fun question for today, it's summertime, it's hot out there. It's I'll hot think, in Phoenix. I'm just thinking about water right now and my love of desire to be in the water. So just the question is, one, do you prefer ocean, swimming pool, or lake slash pond? And what activity? So if you could pick one of those bodies of water to be at, which one? And what activity? Are you a swimmer? You're a skier? You're a fisher? What is your, what do you, uh, to be, just to think about a great, just to get to know you a little better. What kind of water? What do you want to be doing? Brother Paul, please. By all means, brother. <laughs> so definitely the ocean, definitely the beach. Um, and I just love the, 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 the leisure of the beach. Just sit there on the beach, in my chair cold beverage, maybe have a great novel to read at the beach. Let the sun bake me for a little bit, jump in the water, rinse off, feel all good, play, come back to the chair and just hunker down and sit and do some more reading. So I worked at the beach for two summers and on my day offs, I would do that quite frequently and really, really enjoyed it. I'm going to have to second that, that definitely the ocean where, uh, and pretty much just like just the leisure of it, just laying on the beach, just lounging out, um, probably have some friends with me just to shoot the breeze. Um, I definitely also love swimming in the ocean. Like, yeah, yeah. I've never surfed, but I'd love to try my hand at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, no, please don't send it. us surfboards. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, agree, agreed with that one. But I'm have to go jet skiing. Uh, or okay, uh, I love to jet ski. I've it's heard been, it said no uh, one's ever sat on a jet ski. <laughs> I, it's been a, it's been quite a while, and. Uh, you can do and tell stories later, but I almost died on a jet ski one time. I think it's probably traumatic to have my parents even hear me say that because it was <laughs> like we ran my brother. I was with one brother and another brother like hit jet skis. Oh you my hit God. jet skis? Oh you hit jet skis. Yeah, my, my dad thought he'd lost three of his sons. How pretty, fast were you going? I don't know. That's probably as fast as they could go. Wow. Uh, it, yeah. So, well, the pretty, Lord definitely but, preserved your life. Did it ruin yeah. the jet skis? One of them. Yeah. We, we, we kind of got it going again. But uh, <laughs> Was anyone seriously injured? No, it was very miraculous. I don't remember much of it. I probably give us concussed. The Tinker so Guardian cool. Angels. I remember, the I remember Angels were in overdrive. That oh yeah, day. yeah, oh, yeah. that's right. That's I remember right. being on the jet ski. I was with my brother's brother. I was like on the jet ski with him, and I remember like wet riding behind the wakes, and I remember like going towards it, and I don't remember anything after that until being wow. back in the like back in the house. Well, so you, um, you don't even remember getting never, out of the water. I'd probably do. It's I was young. I mean, I was a kid. I, 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 that, the story is better if you don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Like I woke, <laughs> woke up in a hospital three days later. Yeah, no, no, I was fine. Uh, oh, so, mom, true. dad, sorry. My dad's heart's probably beating really fast right now, just even thinking of the memory. Uh, but I love jet skis. <laughs> 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 you still love them. I still, still love, love them. Like I could go get on a jet ski and fly oh, right now great. and risk my that's life. Great. It just, it is a lot of fun. No, jet skiing is great. You're making me want to go jet skiing. <laughs> Uh, and hopefully the rest of you too. Uh, and Father Petrie, so you're a final blessing for us, please. The Lord be with you. And, and with, with your, your spirit. spirit. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we just ask that your Holy Spirit come down upon each one of us and everyone who's listening to this podcast, that you would fill them with every good thing, with every blessing, with every grace that they need, uh, which is strengthen all of us. Um, just make our hearts sensitive to, to the beautiful, that we might be drawn deeper into uh, the mystery of you, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. See you next week, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. 
The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith/give. That's becomefire.faith/give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.